0: So we're probably going to get through the first point today because of uh, the time that's been taken up front already, but I'm totally fine with that because the things we've done to this point are really important. But uh, what I'm going to share with you today is just as important. Last week we started a a teaching called um, How to Fulfill Your Divine Destiny. We're going to continue that today. There are only two paths that you can walk on the earth. God's path for your life, which was written, by the way, before you were born. Did you know that Psalm 139 very clearly says that as you are being formed in the womb, all the days of your life are written for you. So there is a divine plan for your life from before you were even born. You can choose to walk that path or you can come out of the womb and say, I am, and you can walk your own path. And it is a path described like Uh, pastor mark leading us in what was it like before you came to jesus selfish depressed anxious fearful purposeless all those uh all of those um descriptions become the definition of your life i was that way i was 19 i had friends i was going to college i had a job however i had this emptiness on the inside of me that nothing and nobody could touch and it drove me crazy and it wasn't until I accepted Jesus into my life that that emptiness disappeared and it's been gone ever since and I remember my girlfriend and I I was in love with her sorry honey and she was like madly in love with me and and she said to me I can't stand you putting Jesus before me or in front of me I didn't know I was doing that I didn't know I didn't have I couldn't articulate anything I didn't know the Bible I didn't know any Christianese All I knew was, after I asked Jesus into my heart, the emptiness left. My girlfriend didn't do that for me. And I remember sitting in the front seat. We were both crying. And I said, what he has done for me, I know you can't do. So I can't let him go. And that's when we broke up. And it was devastating. But I was not going to let go of Jesus because he is the one that touched my heart in the depth that no other other person or thing ever possibly could and i knew it and so i've been walking following him ever since that day and then it's still a challenge because jesus says, "Take up your cross daily and follow me even though your salvation is secure once you decide you're going to follow jesus every day it's a decision to continue to follow him in every relationship every situation every ethical situation moral decision to make You're constantly following Him. So I'm following Jesus. He says, let's take a left here. You stand there going, hmm, do I want to take a left or a right? Right? It's every day we make these decisions. And so this is what I want to talk to you about today is three things that can stop you from fulfilling your divine destiny. Now I'm talking to those who have already decided to follow Jesus. If you haven't decided to follow Jesus yet, I pray to God you will today. And even if you haven't yet, you can still learn from this lesson. Because once you do decide, you're going to need this. Three things. Well, here's the first one. Not knowing that it's going to be really difficult. One of the things that will sabotage your walking with God is not knowing that it is going to be difficult. Knowing that following Jesus was going to be a really difficult road was common knowledge for the first century Christian. It's it's what enabled them to be aware and prepared for the trials and the suffering that was going to come their way. And that's how they were able to endure to the end. For the 21st century Christian, we have not been taught this our message in the 21st century has come to jesus and he will make all your wildest dreams come true and so what it has produced is weak confused believers we get so caught up on the why why is this happening to me the first century believers never asked that question Because jesus told them this is going to happen to you. Jesus said in this world you are going to have severe tribulation But be of good cheer i've overcome the world in other words stay close to me and we will make it through every storm together They expected persecution they expected rejection they expected abandonment from friends They expected these things because jesus said this is the christian walk I remember a movie called The Cinderella Man. You guys ever seen The Cinderella Man? as a true story of a boxer, right? James Broderick, right? And uh, what's that? Yeah. And and uh, and he had given, he was given an opportunity to go up against the heavyweight champion of the world. Now, this heavyweight champion of the world had already killed two men in the ring. And so the promoter of the fight called Broderick's manager and said, I want you to come to my office. Before this fight, I want you to come to my office. So they came to his office, and he said, I want you to watch something. He sat them down, and he closed the curtains, turned out the lights, and he turned on the reel-to-reel film, because this was in the uh, uh, 1930s. Yeah, it was during the Great Depression. And he had them watch the heavyweight champion of the world kill another man in the ring with a blow to the head bam and the guy's out and dead and the manager jumps up and he says turn that off and they turn on the lights and he said how dare you show this to my box you know to scare him to intimidate him and he said i just want him to know what's coming his way and the manager is so livid but then the boxer said turn it on again rewind and turn it on again his manager looked at him like are you crazy and he sat there and he stared at it and he watched he said i want to know what i'm up against he did not want to go in blind and find out how tough the fight was going to be for the first time when he's in the ring he wanted to know what am i up against and it was by watching that film that he saw the guy's weakness too and that's how we ended up winning. Sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> it is difficult to be a believer in the western hemisphere. But it's going to get harder. And if you're not if you do not understand that following Jesus is hard, you are going to crumble when your friends ostracize you because you're a believer and your value system doesn't match up with their value system so they stop inviting you to parties or they mock you or talk about you behind your back and you're like oh jesus i'm just serving you i've been praying for them how come this isn't fair yeah it's not fair it's not fair That's pretty much all Jesus will say. He's like, yeah, have you seen the story of my life? There's four stories called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just look at my life. It's not fair. Unfair treatment. Or the satanic attacks. You know, the devil, it's very clearly, the Bible says that the devil manipulates people to be ugly to you. Did you know that? He moves on people. here since the beginning he knows human nature he knows you're in my weaknesses he knows how to tempt us you don't have to give into the temptation but he knows you and he is out for your demise beforehand you know Paul was thankful. I guarantee you, he was so thankful that Jesus told him the truth up front. That's how he can end up being whipped and beaten and thrown into a dungeon simply for preaching the gospel simply for obeying a dream that the holy spirit gave to him to go to this particular city to preach the gospel he's just obeying god he goes to the city that he saw in a dream oh this is going to be glorious this is going to be wonderful There are going to be masses that get born again they're going to be making four color posters of me and putting them all over philippi this is going to be, i mean because the lord gave me a dream of what town to go to to preach so this is going to be smooth sailing right they go there, they beat the crud out of him, they throw him in prison. And the only reason they did that is because he cast a demon out of a girl. He set her free. They didn't like it because she was a fortune teller. She was using witchcraft and she was telling the future. I mean, that's real stuff. And and make yeah, and she was profiting, and the businessmen in the town were profiting because she had a demon that was. That was telling her the future, telling the future. And so he cast this demon out. So they throw him into prison. Rather, he never asked this question. You ready? Innocently. I mean, he was innocent and he was unjustly, unrighteously, physically abused and thrown into prison. Simply because he was obeying the will of God. And do you know the question he never asked even one time? Probably never even thought it. Why? Why is this happening to me? Why didn't he ask that question? I've given you enough information for the right answer. He, Jesus, Jesus told him this is going to happen to you. So it didn't shock him when it happened to him. What did he do instead? Yeah. How great is our God? Sing with me. How great, come on, it is our God? Then all will see how great. How great is our God? And because He did that, the prison was stricken. God said, "Oh, I've had enough. I've had enough." BAM! And all the doors bust open. And guess what? Not only his chains came off, all the chains of all the prisoners and all the doors were broken open. That's called evangelism. You see, when you as a believer understand persecution, suffering, trials, hardships are a part of it, you won't do the why me, wham, wham, navel gazing. You'll do the praise God anyway! And heaven responds to that and backs you up and then your friends get saved. I was just talking to Kenya this morning was asking me. We were just talking about how the the vision of this church is two words, changed lives. That's it. Bottom line, every line, changed lives. And Jesus is the one who changes your lives. We're talking about my friends I got saved. My friends my life was so radically changed. My friends thought I was pulling a prank on them. When I became a believer, everybody in my high school thought I was pulling another tour joke. Until they realized it wasn't a joke. And then some of them got really upset with me because I wasn't running with them anymore. And they, they, they felt abandoned by me. But I was like, I just don't have a desire to go do that stuff anymore. It's not, that, it's not like, I'm not allowed to because I'm a Christian. I didn't want to because he's changed my heart. I wanted to be in a Bible study rather than a bar. <laughs> that's crazy. And yet one by one eyes coming to Jesus. I don't know if that terminology has ever been used before but <laughs> The question is for you as this fellow brother and sister of Christ this morning. My question to you is, are you going to enter heaven to a th- thunderous applause held in high honor receive abundant heavenly rewards and see a huge smile on jesus's face and hear his words well done or are you going to cave to this culture compromise your convictions cower in a corner and squeak into heaven with no rewards no honor no legacy left for the next generation of your faithfulness and probably never leading anybody to jesus by your godly example that's your choice this last year and a half two years we have seen how weak christians are blown away by the winds of this world we found where our true passions lie and we've been tossed to and fro by the waves of all the issues that we've all been battling. But the ones who kept their eyes on Jesus. The ones who dug deep roots in prayer. In the Word of God. Stayed focused. Stayed true. Stayed strong. My wife and I last night watched a, uh, a uh, documentary on, on winemaking. And do you know the monks are the ones that saved the uh, (laughs) the wine industry in Burgundy, uh, a town, a a place called Burgundy, and uh, because they needed, of course, the finest wine for the blood of Christ, and so it's very interesting. Anyway, one of the winemakers said this: vines have to suffer. You can't overfeed them and overwater them or their roots are just too shallow. He said said vines have to suffer so they dig deep down into the rock, into the soil. He said then you can have a couple of months of drought and it doesn't bother the vine at all. Suffering produces strong Christians. Here's some good scriptures for us to encourage us this morning. Ready? It's 1st Peter chapter 4, 12 through 14. The apostle Peter who said, "Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. I haven't gotten there yet. Be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering." so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world if you are insulted because you bear the name of christ you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of god rests on you now the glory he's talking about here that will be revealed to the world isn't just the glory of christ's second coming it's the glory that's people will see in you and on your life right now as a believer as you go through suffering you go through insults you go through rejection you go through abandonment you go through mistreatment you go through people mocking you because of your faith and because your moral convictions you go through that suffering and jesus is watching jesus watches you stand firm and strong his spirit comes upon you and the spirit of glory causes you to shine in a dark world. That's what he's talking about here. Salt and light of the world. Here's the scripture that Jesus said to Paul. But the Lord said to, to his name was Saul before his name was changed to Paul. As, Paul. as Mark was saying, the before and after Christ. Before Christ, his name was Saul. After Christ, his name was Paul. Go Go, he's telling one of his disciples to go lay hands on Saul. Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my namesake. Jesus clearly told all of us that we were going to have to suffer on a daily basis if we chose to follow him. Look what he says here. Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower you must give up your own way take up your cross daily and follow me now i want to make a very clear delineation here between what many of us put into the category of carrying your cross daily from what jesus actually taught there are five places in the new testament where jesus says take up your cross never was it sickness Disease, an unruly child, an unfair parent, a teacher, a coach, a boss, a coworker—he he never puts that kind of suffering in the category of bearing your cross. And every one of those accounts bearing the cross meant one enduring persecution because of your faith, which is going to get worse and worse. I mean, you might say, "Well, it's not that bad." Well, I got a test for you. Not that you would do this because we don't want to pick fights. However, fights are being picked with us. Let's say you sit in your office with your colleagues or your sports team or with your friends at school or sit around in your house with your family and just start talking about what Jesus' true values are. Did you know the Bible? Did you know Jesus said? Just, you know, fun facts. Did you know that Jesus said that marriage is between a man and a woman? Jesus said that. Did you know that Jesus said that He had your life planned before you were even born? So life begins actually way back? Did you know that Jesus said that God created the world that didn't evolve? Did you know that Jesus said He is the only way and that all other ways lead to hell and only Jesus leads to life? Okay, you sit around and have that conversation. In our current environment and where our world is headed, it gets tougher and tougher. Now we don't just go out and say these things to provoke people because our assignment is to save the world, not to repel the world. And so those conversations need to be had in grace, absolutely non-judgmental, timely, with the purpose of hopefully leading somebody across the bridge, bridge to Christ. However, Being a believer is already being uh, characterized as judgers, closed-minded, bigots, racists, haters, all of that. Well, guess what? They said the same thing about Jesus himself. They even said the Son of God, you couldn't be any more spiritually blind than this, that the Son of God was demon-possessed. Has anybody called you demon-possessed yet? Not this week. And sometimes, okay, so it's either per- the cross, daily day of the cross. What is the day of the cross? It's persecution for your faith. Or it is choosing Jesus' will for your life in every given situation, whether stay in your marriage, be faithful to your husband, be faithful to your wife, be faithful to your boss. It's always faithful. It's always the word. Ugh. <laughs> Be faithful to your church, be faithful to the flock, be faithful in your giving, be faithful in your morality. Don't have sex before marriage, and that includes everything leading up to the actual act itself. is all in the Bible. It's called fornication. The marriage bed is undefiled. We don't can't redefine, well, it's okay if we just do this, really? Ask Jesus about that. Jesus, do you mind if this is going on right now? See, we rationalize, we rationalize, we rationalize what is OK? because everybody's doing it that's like the sign not to do it Well, I got a great scripture that even backs that up, even better preaching is coming your way, baby. So it's either your will, this is the cross. You choose your God's will over your will. You choose God's will over other people telling you what they want you to do, and peer pressure—you got to do this, got to do this, right? So you got your friends, your family, whoever, your boss wanting you to lie to make a sale. Your friends wanting you to do such and such behind the school building because you know, hey, you know everybody's doing it. it's not a big deal. Don't be so religious, you know, you're a fanatic. Uh, don't be so extreme, you know. Uh, uh. And you got that peer pressure, and in that moment, that's your moment of pressure everybody's pressure moments look different than the person sitting next to you whatever your moment is you're like am i going to obey god or am i going to obey them am i going to obey god or am i going to obey me that's the cross he's talking about it's the death of your way rather than god's way but jesus promises that if you will lose your life for his sake and the gospels you will actually save your life but if you try to save your life, your reputation among your friends and your coworkers, and you cower in a corner and you hide your Christianity because you don't want to be mocked and rejected, Jesus says if you do that, you're actually going to lose your life and your soul. And he says, what will a man, what will man give? He gains the whole world, popularity, friends, everybody thinks you're wonderful, you're included. What if, what if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul? So, he says this, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. My friends were surprised. I lived this. So, they slander you. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. It's right here in the Bible. They're going to do it. If you choose to stand up and be a follower of Christ, you will be slandered by your friends because you won't do what they want you to do. It's right there in the Bible. But remember, everybody say remember. This is sobering. But remember that they will have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. You have got to understand that there are going to be times when you are standing alone. But Jesus will be with you. The Apostle Paul said that. He said, everyone forsook me when I defended the gospel. Everyone forsook him. He said, but Jesus stood with me and strengthened me and delivered me from the mouth of the lion. Look what this scripture says. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, 2 Timothy, everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, say it, three words with me, will be persecuted this might not be the right moment to get people to sign up for Christianity (laughs) but it's so important for you and I to understand that this is the walk as I said earlier the worst excuse for sinning is because everyone's doing it you guys are just of a different generation It's okay now. Society has progressed. No, society is degressing, going down, spiraling down this way. And Jesus says it this way. Matthew 7. Enter by the, what? Narrow "Narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to, what? Destruction. Remember this series? It's how to fulfill your divine destiny. Wide is the gate. Broad is the way that leads to, say it, destruction. And there are many who go in by it. But because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. In context, he's talking about two things. One, the wide gate was the Jewish religion at that time. They were... it was a wide gate. Everybody's walking out. And then, and Jesus says, I am the only way. That's the narrow gate. You got all these different religions, all these different religious leaders. And then you have Jesus saying, okay, I am the only way. And people will say, you know, well, how do you know I had a conversation with someone recently? There's so many religions. I just gave up on it. Nobody knows the right way. I said, I do. Right. That sounds arrogant, but what if it's true? And I said, what if you were the devil and you saw that Jesus Christ was the only way? That salvation by grace and grace alone is the only true religion on the planet. It's called Christianity. But every other religion is you have to work your way to heaven by being a good person. Only Christianity says you're all sunk. There's only one way out. And that is the grace of God. He died in your place. I said, if you were the devil and you knew that, what would you do? Wouldn't you throw as many toothpicks on the ground as possible and say, okay... Find the right one. Well, that's what he's done. He's scattered the earth with religions to hide Jesus. That's the narrow way, is Christ. The other broad narrow way, is morality. Right? You got all these, the mass of humanity saying. This is okay, and that's okay, and this is okay, and that's just fine, and this is okay, and that's okay. And then you have the Christians over here saying, actually, those things are not okay. Haters, bigots, uh, right? And they start persecuting you. The Bible says they're going to because the narrow way is the way of Christ where he tells us what right and wrong is. He does not buy into relative morality. He buys into, I am the way, the truth, and the life nobody gets to the Father except through me. He's not going to change His message. You have to decide which message you're going to live and who you're going to follow. If you're going to be on the broad road to destruction or if you're going to be on the narrow road to eternal life. Aren't you glad I'm back? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So encouraging, Pastor. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Well, I care about everyone. This is not to condemn anyone, it is to save everyone, and it's to build strong believers. Okay, I'm going to close with this. This is like half of point one. So next week we'll probably do a couple more points. Okay, so look, this is what happens. When you are standing alone and you are being persecuted, rejected, abandoned, mistreated, misunderstood, falsely accused, or you just don't have as many friends because you just won't go do all the things they want you to do. You're not going to go out at lunchtime and sit around and laugh at their filthy jokes. And so you're kind of like, oh, he's the weird one. I mean, there are times I, I it took me forever to catch up to this, but you know, I've got six kids going through the Ramona high school, uh, you know, system and Ramona's a small town and I'm the preacher, but I don't think about myself as the preacher. I think about myself as, you know, Josiah and Sam and Ava and Lily and Bella and, and, and uh, Ellie's dad. I'm, you know, and Hope's husband. And I just live there. I don't ever, like, think, oh, I'm a preacher or I'm a pastor. I'm just John. But the rest of the town does. It took me for so long to figure out why when I walk into a volleyball game with my daughter, I'm sitting in the stands or I'm in a conversation with somebody, they're acting all kind of awkward with me. I'm like, what's going on right now? And it, I, 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 it was weird, and they're like, "Oh my God, I'm a preacher, and they know it, right? You're a Christian, and they know it." And so they they position themselves around you because they don't quite know how to relate to you because you're a Christian. It's just, and it's going to get worse and worse. And so, so often you'll find yourself isolated, and not be do to have the kind of relationships you want to have because they don't know what to do with you and they're not comfortable many times with you because of your value system and so often you'll feel alone and sometimes the persecution gets so heavy the disappointment of praying for your friends and nothing's changing your kids and nothing's changing your parents and nothing's changing your boss your co-workers nothing's changing your sickness disease nothing's changing circumstances nothing's changing and you're standing there and you're fighting the fight and your financial struggles and the mistreatment and the pressures of life and it gets so draining and so heavy that you just want to throw in the towel anybody ever felt that way just go ahead and raise your hand and be honest in church you know the bible says in the book of daniel that, that, that Satan will speak pompous words against the Most High to wear out the saints. Daniel chapter 7. That he will speak against the prophetic words, the promises of God over your life. He will tra- make the cir- circumstances be just the opposite of what God has promised you for your marriage and for your family and for your ministry and for your career and for your life. To the point where you will stand so long, having done all to stand, you'll just grow weary. That's Satan's goal. And if you understand, that's his strategy, to wear you out. The word there, to wear out, literally means like a python squeezing your soul and sucking the life right out of you. That's the Hebrew picture there of to wear out. And you're just throwing the towel. That's his ultimate goal for you. It was for you just to quit. Maybe you've blown it. And you're like, well, I've already blown it, so I might as well just go all the way. That's stupid. Don't buy that lie. Jesus isn't saying that to you. Well, since you've already blown it, you might as well just go all the way and just completely give in. That's not Jesus talking to you. That's not the Holy Spirit. No. You say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to continue following Jesus. I'm going to continue on the narrow path. I slipped off. I'm back on. I'm going to continue. Every day, that's why he says it's a daily cross. The daily cross. The daily decision. The Bible says, this last verse right here. It says, uh, I'm going to do the Hebrews 10, Chris. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Oh, let's read the scripture out loud together. Come on, let's start over. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive his promise. Come on. Come on. If you have been tempted to give up, You're surprised at the persecution and the suffering that you've been enduring as a Christian. You're like, ah, I don't know why there's that. Maybe I've done something wrong in my life and God's judging me. Not. Or maybe you are just about to throw in the towel. And this message may have just saved your life. Or at least it may have emboldened you to say, okay, all right. Thank you. If that's you and you are ready to follow Jesus all the way, I just want you to stand on your feet right where you are. Right there at home. Make that decision. If that's you and you're like, persecution is part of it, I have grown weary and I want to quit, but I'm not going to now. Stand on your feet. Right where you are. When the Lord spoke to me on my one year sabbatical after I'd been in ministry for a decade and he put me on a sovereign sabbatical for a year, I prayed to him every day because I had to get healing in my heart through because I was went through spiritual abuse by my former pastor. And I was in a really bad place. It took a year, every day, walking to the end of my street, sitting on a rock, looking at the church building that I could see from my house, unfortunately, that I had served in for over a decade. And all all I had were negative feelings. And every day I prayed and forgave and prayed and forgave and prayed and forgave until it came out. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to pioneer a church. And and the first thing I'm going to do is put an anointing in that church for spiritual healing. That people who have been spiritually abused are going to be healed. We've had so many pastors come to our church that had already thrown in the towel who literally were reinstated into ministry simply by being in the house. We've had so many believers who said, I will never darken the door of a church again. Come in within a matter of 30 days. They're serving and happy, spirit filled back because of the anointing of Jesus in the house. It was because I didn't give up. And so, when the Lord said, I want you to pioneer a church, I didn't say yes immediately because that's a daunting task. That's a heavy assignment. I finally one day, and this is why I'm bringing this up, I knelt down in my bedroom and I said, okay, I will do this. And then he asked me this, Mark. I don't know if I've ever, ever told you this. He said, will you go all the way? I'm like, yeah. Every year I learn more and more why he asked me that question and how important that question was and how I wish I had said no. <laughs> I'm kidding. You have to ask you have to answer the same question for yourself between you and Jesus. Are you willing to be a believer all the way to the end of your race or are you going to cave? There are great rewards waiting you on the other side. Which side are you living for? And I feel the Lord wants me to say this to you. And then we're going to go into prayer and worship. There are rewards on this side too. Don't think all the rewards for your endurance and faith and patience and suffering is all for the other side. No. There There are times of breakthrough where the Lord just begins to break through and start answering your prayers because he's doing things behind the scenes you don't know he's working in people's lives you can't see it he's setting you up for promotion and then god does his thing you're like wow but it's because you didn't quit come on let's raise our hands to the lord come on come on let's raise our hand to jesus and you need to tell him right now between you and him by your grace say this Allah say by your grace, by your strength I will go all the way. I will follow you every day and all the way. okay now I ask for his spirit to come upon you. let's come on Josh lead us just a few minutes here. ask his spirit to come upon you because it's not by might. It's not by power, it's by the Spirit of the Lord. He's going to rejuvenate you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to touch you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to encourage you. You just can't quit. You just can't quit. You just can't quit. Come on. Lift your hands and let Him. Let Him fill you fresh anew with the power of His Spirit.
1: Up my heart, be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for. never gonna let, never gonna let me down You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down You're never gonna let, you are good Let's let me sing me it out but You are good, good Let's sing how great
0: worship in there. I felt like I got this from the Holy Spirit. There's some of you who are just living with shame because you've already compromised. And I want to remind you that the Lord said, take up your cross daily. That means every day is a new opportunity to do it right. Today is a new day for you. The Lord's mercies are new when Every morning. So, right now, in the sand of your heart, draw a line and cross over from shame to grace and recommit to the Lord. I am going to be a strong Christian. I have compromised in front of my friends, and now that I'm recommitting to walking with Jesus. They may mock me, they may persecute me, but just watch me. And I promise you, the same friends that are annoyed and irritated with you or think you're a hypocrite, as you continue to walk the walk, eventually they're going to come to you and they're going to say, okay, I need what you have. I saw you turn around and change and I need it to. Be the salt and light of the world for somebody. Jesus' name. God bless you, church.